We're in this second week of our series, Contents Under Pressure. Uh, again, which means we get to enjoy another one of, of those Hydraulic Press YouTube channel videos. Uh, if you weren't here last week, I mentioned that this is one of my favorite channels on YouTube, and I'm not alone because that channel has amassed over 3.1 billion views. Uh, I, that was a good one. I thought the candles were the most satisfying. Uh, but that's what the channel is. It's literally just stuff getting crushed under intense pressure. And, and I've been showing you all these videos because so often we feel like that. We also face immense pressure. There's pressure at work, and there's pressure at school, and there's pressure at home, and sometimes there's even pressure at church. There's the pressure to achieve, to have the biggest and the best. And there's peer pressure, and there's the pressure of time, and there's the pressures that we feel in our minds. And sometimes it can feel exactly like that. It can feel like it's crushing us. And so we wanted to take this month and talk about those pressures. But also we wanted to talk about how we alleviate them, how we deal with them. And tonight we're going to be talking specifically about peer pressure. Now maybe y'all are like me, but when I first think of peer pressure, my mind goes to those after-school specials where there's like a group of kids and they're trying to pressure another kid to, to skip class or go smoke behind the school. Um, and that is, that is real. Teenagers absolutely face peer pressures like that. And that stuff is problematic. But I think for a lot of us who aren't teenagers anymore, we think that, that peer pressure isn't really a problem for us. But the truth is, peer pressure is, is not something we leave behind when we graduate high school. Peer pressure follows us. And even more difficult, it evolves. The pressure is still there. It's just different. Whether we're 15 or 50, we all still face the pressure to fit in with the crowd. To look like the majority, to be accepted. And as we're going to see in our scripture for today, this is not a new problem. This is a part of the human condition. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, you can pull those out. We're going to be reading from the Gospel of John tonight. It's going to be John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43, a short text for us tonight. And this is what it says. It says, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. Jesus, that is. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. Okay, our scripture for tonight comes from, from the very end of Jesus' public ministry in the Gospel of John. And these two verses are John as the narrator, sort of summing up Jesus' experience with the people, his experiences with the world. And in our verses, he says that there were many who did end up believing in Jesus. Maybe they saw a miracle. Maybe they heard him preach. Maybe, maybe they, they just encountered him in some way and they believed. They knew that he was exactly who he said he was. But they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't confess it because they were afraid of the consequences. 
They were afraid of what their peers might say or do. John tells us that they chose human glory over the glory that comes from God. Now that last verse in Greek, that that word for glory can be translated a little differently. That word can also be translated as opinion. So another way to read this would would be to say that, that, that they came to believe in Jesus, but then they favored the opinions of the Pharisees over the opinions of God. They were worried about the opinions of others. And so they chose wrong. And you know what? That, that is the definition of negative peer pressure, which is what I want us to talk about first tonight. Negative peer pressure is the kind we see in our scripture, and it's the kind that so many of us know. It's kind of uh, what we associate with the term peer pressure. And it is absolutely something that we have to watch, watch out for. In the case of the crowd in our scripture, they missed out on following God himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And it was all because they, they wanted to fit in. See, if they had confessed Jesus as Lord publicly, we see in our scripture it says they could be put out of the synagogue. What, what that means is they would be excommunicated. They'd be pushed out of community, considered an outsider. No one would talk to them. It would affect their lives dramatically. It would affect their jobs. It could even affect their families. And so as much as we we may want to act like we would never make this same mistake that they did, that kind of exclusion from community is a powerful motivator. Nobody wants to feel left out. Nobody. I want to tell you a story about a time when I saw how true and how powerful a motivator uh, that, that can be. Uh, most of you know I grew up in Tyler, Texas. Tyler is an interesting place. We love a few things. We love Earl Campbell, the Yellow Rose of Texas, the greatest running back there ever was or ever will be. We love roses, so sort of a less masculine thing there, but still cool. Largest rose garden in the world. We're the rose capital of the world. Uh, And the other thing about Tyler is that we have a lot of strange traditions that I now see in my adulthood are kind of odd, particularly to those who don't grow up there. So let me give you an example of that. I attended Tyler Lee uh, High School my freshman year. And one of the longstanding traditions when I was there was getting teed as a freshman. Here's what getting teed was. Basically, the senior boys would go around and they would shave a huge tee for Tyler into all of the freshman boys' heads. 400 of us. And they would call your parents, and they would get approval. Um, But literally, they would come chase you down and tie you up like this. That's me. Uh, And then once they nabbed you, they would drive you around. In my case, they took me to the house of the girl who I was going to ask to the dance. And they shaved off your hair, shaved a big T into it. Um, I don't have a picture, thank goodness, thank you, Lord. I don't have a picture of the T shaved into my head, but I do have a picture of a few days later. The next Monday, everybody goes to the barbershops and you get all your hair taken off. Uh, so this is me uh, at 14. I was freshly teed. I know, I don't, the despair in my eyes. 
Uh, yeah, but it's not a good look for me. Um, well, eventually I grew up, and I was a senior, and it was my turn. It was my turn to do the chasing and the saran wrapping and the teeing. And the only problem was that I went to a different school by that point. And so we didn't participate in that tradition, but a few friends and I took it upon ourselves to bring the tradition. And so I went to the school and I explained what I wanted to do, what we wanted to do, and then they approved. They had no problem with it. And then some buddies and I called every parent of every freshman boy. We got a list from the school and we went down it. And we called and we asked them if we could bring them, bring their sons to, to someone's house and shave a big T in their head. And we had a slip and slide. It was very wholesome, I promise. Uh, we had a whole event planned. Anyway, every parent I spoke to said absolutely yes. Again, it wasn't as crazy to Tylerites as I know it probably sounds to all of you. Um, but everybody said yes except for one family. And I didn't know their child. Uh, they, they were new to town, and obviously their, their kid was a freshman. I was a senior, uh, so I'd never met them. But I had my list, and I, and I was just trying to go down it. And, and so I called, and I took several minutes talking to the parents, explaining what we were doing. We invited all the parents to come and, and watch and hang out. Uh, um, we, we talked about how we were going to shave their heads and why. And I explained all of this, and finally this dad speaking to me said, Sam, is, is everyone doing it? And I said, yeah, all, all the parents that I've spoken to have agreed to, to let us shave the heads. And I, he said, well, I don't think she's going to like having her hair shaved off. I can talk to her, though. I can see. I can ask her. See, it turns out that her son, Blake, wasn't her son, Blake. It was his daughter, Blake. And I had just had a 10-minute conversation talking about shaving his daughter's hair off. Well, of course, I was horrified, and, and I apologized profusely, and I explained the mistake. I told him it was, it was just things, something we were doing with the boys, and he thought that was hilarious. But I tell you this story because he didn't tell me no. The motivator of having his child fit in in this strange new town was enough for him to tell me, maybe. It was just enough for him to be willing to talk to her about participating. And I know that's a long-winded story, but the point is, negative peer pressure is just like that. It's exactly what he experienced. Right? We know something is wrong. Or, or we know something is right but we're tempted to do what we shouldn't do because we want so desperately to fit in. We don't want to be the odd man, or in Blake's case, the odd woman out. That's the power, and honestly, that's the danger of what we see in our scripture. It's the danger of groupthink, of following the herd. It can tempt us into choosing something that we know in our heart of hearts just isn't right. Uh, I read an interesting experiment this week that really illustrates how people handle group pressure. There was a group of, of research psychologists, and they brought groups of 10 people into, into a room for a test. And each group of 10 was instructed simply to, to raise their hand 
when the leader pointed to the longest line on a chart. The chart had three lines, and each was a little bit longer than the last. Pretty simple. Just raise your hand when you see the longest line. Well, what one person of those 10 didn't know is that the other nine in the room had been instructed to, to, to vote for the second longest line. So once they were all together in the group, the nine voted for the second longest of the three lines, and that's when the real experiment began to see what the 10th person would do. And I bet it won't surprise you what happens. Typically, what would happen is the last person would glance around and then slowly raise their hand. Time after time, the 10th person would say that, that this shorter line was the longest simply because they lacked the courage to challenge the group. This conformity happened 75% of the time, 75% of the cases. 75% of the time, people lied to fit in. They chose what was obviously wrong, what was obviously untrue, because they were afraid of being different and standing out. It's exactly the warning of our scripture. Those people wanted so desperately to fit in, to be accepted, that even when they met God face to face, even when the Messiah was right in front of them, they still wouldn't say it. They wouldn't confess it. The fear of having to swim upstream and go against the tide was just too scary for them. And it has got to make us wonder what negative peer pressure is making us miss. What experiences are, are, are we missing with God? Are we missing sacred things that are right in front of our faces because we are too afraid it's going to make us stick out? This pressure that we're talking about, our topic for today, peer pressure, it is a powerful force. But here's the good news about it. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. There is such a thing as positive peer pressure. Take Paul, for example. He writes to the early church constantly, particularly in Galatians, about how important it is that they are supporting each other and holding each other accountable, calling each other out, redirecting one another, picking up one another when, when, when somebody falls. What he's talking about is, is the church being a source of positive peer pressure. He's encouraging them to influence one another toward good, toward God. And this idea is all over scripture. You may have heard this verse, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. And one person sharpens the wits of another. See, we can sharpen each other just as much as we can dull each other. We can exert positive pressure as much as we can negative pressure. And the truth is, if we're going to do this following Jesus thing, we need other people in our lives who will help guide us and redirect us toward holiness and faithfulness and all the good stuff. And so for all of us, it means that we have to be willing to examine our lives 
to ask ourselves, who's influencing us? Do the peers that we surround ourselves with, do, do they push us away from Jesus, like the Pharisees in our text? Or do they draw us closer? You know, one of the most, um, one of the most important people in my life is a buddy I made in seminary. And I've talked about him before. Uh, his name is Ross. And Ross is, is the pastor of Bluff Park United Methodist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And Ross and I talk every week, at least a, a one or two times a week. And we talk about our sermons and uh, bounce ideas off of each other. But we also talk about our lives. And we talk about our ministries and our struggles. Over the last few years, both of us have had some really challenging seasons in our lives and in our ministries, and, and we both faced several crossroads. And when we have, we've talked about them a lot. He is someone I know that I can go to and get honest feedback. He has no agenda for me other than just being my friend, just, just helping me to be the best man that I can be both in my personal life and in my ministry. And I think, I hope, that I do that for him too. See, I believe we are for one another a source of, of positive peer pressure most of the time. But, but we try our best to encourage each other. We, we try and, and, and direct each other the right way, and we trust each other enough to argue when we disagree about what the right way may be, which happens all the time too. But I hope that, that all of us have someone in our lives, or I hope all of us have several people in our lives who exert that kind of, of positive, peer pressure influence on us. You know, I, I mentioned this briefly in passing last week, but pressure really is a twofold power. It can do what we saw in that video, the hydraulic press video, it, it can crush things into dust. But pressure is also required to make diamonds. Diamonds are created when intense heat and great pressure crystallize carbon. That intense power creates something beautiful, something good, something strong. And the same is true for us. Pressure, peer pressure, doesn't have to just be a negative thing. You know, I think it's telling that, that Jesus enlists 12 disciples. It wasn't one or two, but it also wasn't 70 or 80. I mean, he had a lot of people following him. But he very specifically put together this small group of men who went through so much together. And when he was gone, that small group of men worked together to build the church to preach the gospel to the nations just as Jesus had instructed them. There's no doubt that, that those 12 men influenced each other. And I wonder if that was part of Jesus' intention in bringing them together so they could encourage one another and correct one another and support one another. So they could apply some positive pressure on each other to be like Jesus. So what do you let influence you? Or maybe the better question is, who do you let influence you? 
Where is the peer pressure in your life coming from? Is it positive or is it negative? Is it people who want to shave your daughter's head? Or is it people who are helping to create diamonds, something strong and beautiful within you? Is it people who are pointing you back to Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our God? Peer pressure isn't just something high school kids face. It is a challenge in all of our lives. But the good news is that it can also be a powerful force for good in our lives. And so today, let's really take some time to ask those questions. And at the same time, Let's take a moment and and look at ourselves and make sure that the pressure that we're putting on others is positive. Let's be sure that we are a people. Let's be sure that we are a church who influences people toward kindness and vulnerability and inclusion and joy and peace and justice and love. Let's not make the mistake that the crowd in our scripture made. Let us always place God's glory and God's kingdom and God's opinion above anything or anyone else. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we confess that there are a lot of things that influence us. Sometimes it's the stuff we watch. Sometimes it's the stuff we listen to. God, sometimes it's, it's our friends or our coworkers. Lord, my prayer for us tonight is that, that we would be able to discern some of the negative pressures, some of the things that are, that are tugging us away from you. Lord, help us to deal with those things. Help us to eradicate those things if we need to. But God, also help us to identify the positive pressures in our life. And Lord, as we think about people who influence us, if there's somebody that's on our mind, if there's someone that's on our heart, Lord, maybe maybe convict us to, to reach out and let them know that, to say thank you. And Lord, if we don't have one of those people, help us to find somebody. Help us to get involved someplace in the church, in a small group or a Bible study, somewhere where we can be the body of Christ. We can be be like those 12 disciples who came together and supported one another. Jesus, the truth is we want to be closer to you. We want to do what you tell us to do. We want to go where you tell us to go. And no matter what, we always want to choose your glory over the glory of man. And so, Lord, whatever stands in the way of that, help us to overcome it, that we may be a people devoted and dedicated to you. We pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. 
we'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.